Hey guys, on today's episode of Buy or Pass, we're going to take a look at Disney and their most recent earnings. So let's go take a look. Hey guys, my name's Jose and this is another episode of Buy or Pass. In this series, I will look at the financial documents of a company and decide if I was looking for another investment, would I buy or would I pass? Before we start, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get in for new episodes and other videos. Like I mentioned earlier, today we're going to take a look at Disney's most recent earning, their second quarter for 2019, which they reported May 8th of 2019. Like always, I took, um, I went ahead and took a read at their earnings report um, that they posted on their investors website. I also took a look at the transcript from their earnings call. I read through it all and I highlighted all the key information that I got from from the from their information and from the uh, conference. So hopefully I save you guys plenty of time from reading this documents and you guys just get to look at the at the top top information. So let's start off with the information they posted on their investors website. We start off earnings per share from continuing operations for the quarter increased 81% to $3.53 from a dollar and 95 cents. That was a huge increase on their earnings per share. They continue, that's how they start off, right? They start off with something big, a big banger, and they continue. The next thing they talk about is Avengers Endgame, which is now the second highest grossing film. I think to this day, right now where I'm posting this, it's still the second highest. Avatar still, um, still number one, but it's crazy. It's the highest grossing film of all time. In just the first few weeks and they also mentioned that they're gonna premiere it on Disney Plus starting December 11th so I'm pretty sure Disney Plus comes out in November that's in no time I can't wait to see what what they have in stores for there they also talk about their choir from 21st Century Fox and again this is for me this is another big news especially with them releasing Disney Plus one thing that I was worried about, even though they do um, have a lot of a lot of material, is just that they would run out of material. But now buying 21st Century Fox, Hulu in that matter, their library has increased dramatically. And here they acquire 21st Century Fox, increases their confidence in their ability to leverage decades of iconic storytelling and the powerful creative engines. Like I mentioned, right? So this is just increasing their library even more, which is a huge plus for, for Disney Plus, um, which is where they're heading to. So here they talk about on March 20th, 2019, they bought off um, Fox for cash and they also bid 307 million shares. Next, where are we going? Let's just keep going down to my highlight points. So here they talk about their revenue breakdown. They show it down in a really nice sheet. The revenue this year was almost $15 billion. Huge number, but I just wanted you guys to see how it's really broken down. So $6 million of that, $6.2 billion, $6.2 billion of that total revenue comes from parks, experience, and products. Mainly from parks, hotels. Um, then the next, the next biggest is $5.5 billion comes from media networks. So this is not movies. Movies is under studio entertainment. So studio entertainment is the third at $2.1 billion. But let's think about it, right? Media networks, that's their actual TV shows, 
um, not TV shows, but there's TV programming channels. And parks make up about $11.7 billion, which is more than 75% of the total revenue. Movies only make up um, $2.1 um, billion of that $15 billion. So there's, it's ju just to give you in perspective, guys, how the actual numbers of the revenue are. So parks and media networks. Media networks do not, does not include movies. Um, but yeah, we can see where that huge revenue coming is coming from. So here they talk about it. Media network revenue for the quarter were comparable prior year to the prior year quarter at $5.5 And segment operating income decreased 3%. The media network is off off to a normal start. Nothing crazy going on there. Let's see what we have to talk. Um, so cable networks, cable networks revenue for the quarter increased 2% to 3.7 billion. Operating income increased by 2% as well to 1.8 billion. Higher operating income was due to an increase at ESPN. The increase at ESPN was due to higher affiliate revenue partially offset by increasing programming and production costs and decrease in advertising revenue, right? So even though they are still losing subscribers to ESPN, it seems like affiliate revenues are paying them more. So that's great to see, right? Cable network as a whole, um, there's still, there's still money in there, even though they are losing, they are losing subscribers. Broadcasting. The next I want to talk about is broadcasting. Let me just follow. So broadcasting revenue for the quarter decreased 2% to 1.8 billion and operating income decreased 29% to 247 million. Then they talk about what that decrease was about. In operating income, it was due to higher programming costs, lower program sales, and decrease in advertising revenue, partially offset by higher affiliate revenue from the contractual rate increase. Right, so here broadcasting does seem to have lower program sales and higher programming costs. And this is something that keeps being, it happened in their other network and cable network is um, a decrease in advertising revenue. So I wonder if this decrease in advertising revenue is that people are, don't wanna advertise in these channels or is it that Disney as a whole is keeping this, rev, this advertising space for themselves? Cause I'm not sure if you guys notice, if you guys go watch a Disney movie, if you guys watch Disney Channel, or if you guys watch anything Disney related, all the ads they place are Disney related only. You would never see, um, well, you probably would see very little competitors um, products in their in their commercials. So I wonder if that lower revenue cost is just um, themselves charging themselves less. So park experience and products. Parks experience and products revenue for the quarter increased 5%. The more people are going into parks, they did increase the prices and they do talk about um, operating growth for the quarter was due to growth in their domestic theme parks and resorts, increase at our consumer products business and cruise line and higher attendance occupied at, and higher occupied rooms nights at Hong Kong Disneyland results. So here we can see, they do mention though that results in usually um, don't include Easter holiday. Normally Easter holiday is on the third quarter, but this time due to how the calendar worked, um, Easter holiday appeared in the second quarter. Um, so here they talk about operating income growth increased 
um, guest spending more, higher attendance, and occupied room nights at Walt Disney World. So guest spending growth was primarily due to the increase in average ticket price, food, beverage, and merchandise spending. So you can see, right, we've, we've had all this time where Disney, we talk about Disney increasing their ticket prices and how it would be a negative for the company. But here we can see, right, there's still a demand for it. So people are still coming and spending money. So I'm really liking how they fill their earnings um, information, right? They actually go through every of their products like we're going through. And they talk about what the major reason for the increase or the decrease was. And I think this is really helpful for investors. It's pretty cut and dry um, for what's going on in their business. Many other companies don't do this. They just give something as a whole and not break it down through sectors. Or if they do, they don't make it as easy as Disney is doing. Right. So next, we're going to talk about the increase in their consumer product business. And it was driven by their growth in game business, but partially offset by decrease at their merchandise licensing business. So their gaming business, um, they definitely they sell they get royalties from the licensed title Kingdom of Hearts 3, which was a huge seller, I think. Uh, but that, that's really received a lot. A lot of their um, consumer product business was driven by there. Uh, and then they talked the decrease at their merchandise licensing business was driven by lower minimum guaranteed shortfalls. Not many people, not they decreased in, in people licensing their, their stuff. But again, why should they license if they can just sell it themselves? Um, next, they talk about results at Shanghai Disney results were comparable to the prior year quarter as an increase from higher average ticket price was largely offset by lower attendance. So here we can see, right, this is pretty pretty smart of them. They're increasing their ticket prices and less people are attending, but they're still maintaining comparable results to when they had a lot of people. So this is definitely, uh, in my mind, it's, it's obviously it's bad for the regular consumer, right? But for as a business as a whole, there are still people that are willing to pay for those high average ticket prices and are able to maintain the business of Disney's resort. And at the same time, if less people are going, then the lines and everything are going to be um, less. So it's going to increase the overall experience for the people. Studio entertainment revenues. So this is the movies, right? This is the movies. And what I showed you guys, it was only $2.1 of that whole $15 billion um, revenue. So studio entertainment revenue for the quarter decreased 15% to 2.1%. And the operating income decreased 39%. So operating income decreased by a lot. I, I, I hate seeing them putting, um, I hate seeing like these high value numbers of 39% because their value of income operation is very, is 534 million, right? So compared to the actual revenue, this is pretty low. So a decrease in 15% can equal to a few million, which equals to such a high percentage in actual numerical value but then they talk about the lower operating income was due to decrease in theoretical and home entertainment distribution so remember um last last quarter the decrease in theoretical distribution was result to the two six so last year right last year this quarter they had black panther and they had performance of the star wars the last jedi um where this year this year this quarter they only have captain marvel and they didn't have any Star Wars movie. So obviously, if they didn't have any Star Wars movie and Captain Marvel um, 
didn't do as great as Black Panther, it's going to show show lower numbers for theoretical theater um, theoretical um, distributions. Then they're going to talk about on home entertainment again, right? They make it so crystal clear for you. So here the um, results were due to or to lower last year, right? Last year at the same quarter, they were already releasing Thor Ragnarok on DVD and Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, so here they didn't have any comparable Marvel or Star Wars title. The only significant title they had was Ralph Breaks the Internet, um, and in which compared to Coco in prior year quarters. But again, there was no real hard hitters this past past um, year um, this past quarter that would have helped them lift it up, uh, lift up the. Um... So here they talk about their ESPN Plus, the increase. Um, they had an operating loss increase from 108 million to 393 million. This is actually a huge increase, over fifty, over a hundred percent increase in operating loss. But again, three hundred ninety-three million is not that much. It doesn't bleed that much money. The increase in operating loss was due to their ongoing investment in ESPN Plus, which was launched in April two thousand eighteen. Cost associated with the upcoming launch of Disney um, Plus. So right, they're releasing their own sports version of Disney Plus. They just released it here in April 2018, and they're still investing in it. So I'm not sure exactly how far that's gonna go, but again, they're still investing in ESPN. In the quarter, a hundred percent. So remember, they bought off Fox, which means they got a hundred percent of Hulu's operation. Um, so now they have operating results from March 20th to March 30 are included in these in these numbers um so prior to to that um to march 20th the company's ownership share of Hulu resulted was reported as equity in the loss of investees so now we're actually going to see actual numbers being resulted included in director to consumer in an actual revenue segment where before it was it wasn't so that's good to know let's see where we're at uh restructuring charges they just talk about um, during the quarter, the company recorded charges totaling to $662 million in connection with the acquisition of 21 Century Fox. Um, let's see what else they have. So that's all we have from the num from their report that they shared. Next, we'll take a look at their transcript from their th um, from their earnings report, right? And this. Um, it's sometimes um, their earnings report talks a lot about what I've explained previously. So those points I'm not going to highlight. I'm just going to highlight the most important points that I did not see in the previous slides. So like that, again, this is new information. But most of the time, if you guys are reading the earnings transcript, you're going to see similar information to their um, to their to the information they release to the public um, during earnings. So here, I, this is important because I wanted to highlight senior leadership from Fox are now in place. So I think that's pretty impressive, right? They just bought off Fox in March 20th, but obviously this was a segment, something that they were planning ahead of time. So they already had a plan running once they got it. They already have the right, the, the correct people running uh, already a leadership in place. So the, that means they're, they're going straight ahead um, and they have everything planned ahead. And it's also pretty good that they have for ex the second point I highlighted was about Emma Watts from 20th Century Fox. It's not part of the senior leadership team focused on making movies for theoretical releases. 
So it's pretty good that they're still using the assets, um, right? So when they bought off Fox, they bought off all these all these titles and everything else. But another important asset, in my opinion, are the people working there. So here they're taking a use of Emma Watts, and she already knows the information from 20th Century Fox. So now she's part of the senior leadership um, team focused on this. So I think that was a really smart move in the leadership um, leadership style on how they're breaking up. So looking forward, they got a very busy year ahead, including number of major developments in their parks and results. Obviously, they're breaking ground on significant expansion at Tokyo Disney Sea in the 21st of May. That's is that today? Did that happen already? I want to see how that. Um, no, that's tomorrow. They will also add new theme areas and attractions to the park. And obviously, we're looking forward to the operate opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on Disney's Live Resort on May 31st. And then we're getting Galaxy's Edge on Disney World on August 29th. In fact, that's my birthday, so that's I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So that's pretty cool that it actually releases on my birthday. Um, next, we have um, turning to studio incredible film slates for 2019, and now with and with even more ambition as they have 21st century Fox acquisitions. So they mentioned some of the movies coming out in between now and Christmas. Aladdin looking good. Lion King looks good. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. That one looks okay from Disney. Pixar, we have Toy Story, Frozen 2 from Disney's animation. And we have Star Wars, Rise of the Skywalker, as well as Dark Phoenix. They also mentioned a lot of other movies. Some I'm not too familiar with. I just mentioned the the big banger ones, but it's needless to say this this is an exciting time for the company. They are releasing a lot of movies, but remember how we saw that movies don't really relate to such a huge portion of their revenue. But it's good to see this um, these amount of movies coming out because in the long term, right, this is going to add products for their Disney Plus service. It's going to add pro. It's going to ask. It's going to add revenue from their merchandise from their licensing and royalties and other stuff. So it's great that they are producing plenty of content. Let's see where we're at. So now we're looking at third quarter. They're expecting operating income from direct to consumer business to reflect full constellation of Hulu's result, the continued wrap up of ESPN Plus and ongoing investment in Disney Plus. As such, they expect direct-to-consumer business to have impact of the year-over-year change in segment and operating income of about $460 million. So, okay, great information from them. And then if you guys, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with how their earnings call goes, they end, um, some, the big banks or have representatives that ask questions for, to to the team of Disney. And I highlighted some of the questions I liked. Um, so this is a question that was asked that they'd like to hear from um, from the CEO that now that they own Fox, what do they think the biggest opportunity is running this company and integrating into Disney or opportunities as they look forward? So obviously they're talking in regards to remember when they bought off Lucas, when they bought off Marvel, and when they bought off Pixar. These actual companies right lucas for example had the star wars it was pretty much star wars the hall so they had the ability to go on from here so now they're asking how are they gonna use fox as a whole 
to become even bigger. So here, um, the CEO responds that he's talk. Um, first, he talks about library, um, the brands they're buying and titles, but also the people at Fox. So just like I mentioned before, and he says it here, Fox has people and those that, people that work there are also assets. He mentions they are critical to essentially enable us to fulfill their goals to relate it to direct to consumer. And here he continues, I can't emphasize the enough the importance of the people. So again, he definitely says the uh, that the people are definitely an asset from Fox. Um, and here, here he mentions, he says that Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars were more brand focused, right? We had, like I mentioned, Marvel had all these superheroes, which is pretty brand located, where Fox is so generic that they, it doesn't have a brand as a whole. They're getting a little bit of everything. They got some strong brands, Nat Geo, The Simpsons are a good example of that. But they also brand, have brands that they feel they can strengthen by fueling them with more resource to create more products using those brands and put them front and center of their new platforms, Disney+. Plus. Right. So now they have plenty of more new content to release, which I think is great for them. And that's actually it for what I have for Disney. Um, on this, on the next episode, like usually this is a two-part episode. On the next episode, I'll take a look at the actual numbers and we'll take a look at how Disney is. But I'm a huge fan of the company right now. They're actually doing pretty smart moves, in my opinion, for future growth. Um, so we'll take a look at the numbers next time. Don't forget, guys, to subscribe to my channel so you guys get updates on when I post new videos. Take care, guys, and see you next time.